So let's say you have a freebie and you have a podcast that is really nicely tied into that particular freebie. So that would be a really good place to put something more static as a mid-roll. Like if you want to take this one step further, go download this freebie and then listen to the rest of the episode as we walk you through how to something like that. So you could have a couple of different ones for the different freebies that you have, the different lead magnets that you have, and assign them to particular episodes as they are related to the content. You're listening to the Launch Playbook Podcast, the weekly podcast for service-based business owners to discover the starts, stops, and tools of transformation that go into launching their online offers. I'm your host, Sarah Vartanian, and if you want to launch your ideas into the world faster with more success and less burnout, well, friend, consider this show your secret playbook to get you there. This week, I'm thrilled to welcome Emily Milling, founder and CEO of The Ultimate Creative, a podcast production agency. Emily is a multi-passionate creative entrepreneur, and she started The Ultimate Creative in 2018 to facilitate a big leap out of the corporate nine-to-five life with the goal to share more of her creative passions, music, filmmaking, comedy, audio with the world. She truly believes that when we share our voices and tell our stories, we enable others to do the same. And that leads to a more compassionate, more empathetic world. And what better way to do that than with a podcast? So every week here on this podcast, we share strategies for launching that have worked and failed, both the expected and unexpected. So we can listen to the show and walk away with a strategy or two to try or avoid for your next launch. And that's why I'm so excited Emily's here with us today. Through her agency, The Ultimate Creative, Emily has worked with dozens and dozens of podcasters. And today she's going to share how we can use podcasting for our launch. And I'm also kind of doubly excited to welcome Emily because Emily's also my podcast producer. So this is like extra exciting to have you here. (laughs) So welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I learn so much from you like all day, every day. So yay, this is great. (laughs) I I feel like something really cool about what you do is that you get like all these strategies before anyone else does in the world. It's like kind of a secret. You get all these like, you listen to all these podcasts before anyone else does. (laughs) That's true. That's true. That yeah, it's just part of my job now. I just know everything. (laughs) Yeah. Must have been a lot of things. (laughs) It is a lot. Yeah. So will you go ahead and tell us about The Ultimate Creative? Yeah, for sure. So it is a podcast production agency in Toronto. I'm super excited. It's Through a few iterations of the business, we were talking about this just before we started recording. I I started in 2018 and I was doing websites. I was trying to pay off debt for a horror film that I made that I self-financed. So I paid off some of it and then I realized, oh, I can make a buttload of money doing this, working for myself, more than what I'm getting paid at my my 9-to-5 job. So I left built lots of websites, brought on a partner the second year in, the third year in, said goodbye to that partner, and now I'm focused solely on podcasting. And it has been such a fun, wild ride of awesomeness. I launched also my course, Podcast Rocket, for the first time last year. I joined your group, the Launch Playbook Club, in order to get better at doing that because, like, honestly, listening to your podcast and listening to your ads, they work, okay? They work. And so... That has been a huge part of my business growth over the last year. And then, yeah, and then the other part of it is just producing podcasts. That's what we do. Amazing. Okay, so there's a few things I want to unpack there. So first, (laughs) let's just like slide back to that 
horror movie thing. So you created a horror movie. I did not know that. <laughs> no? Oh, that's that's the second one. Yeah. So I met my partner, Justin DeClue, I don't know, zillions of years ago, and he was just finishing his film, Teddy Bomb. His ex-girlfriend was the starring role in it, and she hated the whole process, and they broke up. So I did the voice for her. I dubbed her voice afterwards. <laughs> the voice of his ex-girlfriend and then he was also like you know this film really needs a score can you do that and i'm like i guess i'll try to figure it out so there's a very clunky score for the film teddy bomb and then a couple of years later we're like we're gonna do a new movie it's called impossible horror and it's about two women that are hunting like the source of creativity it's a very like creative create creative (laughs) words are hard for me creative focused film and it's super gross and super scary. So I did all of the uh, visual of like the special effects on it, like the the blood and gore and guts to my abilities. And then I did the music on it. And that's actually where I learned everything I know now about audio is because I taught myself sound design and audio editing on that film. And I don't know why I was just like, I feel like this is a thing I should do. And I fully like all of the sound effects like a ding dong will not be doing that again. It's so hard. It is so hard. But it was so fun to learn all of these different elements of audio through the production of this film. We did an Indiegogo. I think we made like 7,000 bucks. So the rest of it was really, truly just like financed by my line of credit, which still needs some work. But that's okay, because now creativity is out in the world. Yeah, I did the score for that one too. Listen on Spotify. I get 70 cents a year from this. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's that's the film. <laughs> so you like the horror genre then? Oh yeah. Obviously, yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm going to skip here too. You also do some other you do some comedy though now too as well, right? Yep. And we do weekly sketches. They come out every Thursday. Sometimes I do music for them. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just find it on the internet and that works. I love it. Okay. So let's go back into, you know, what you're doing now with the podcast with people. So you have Mm -hmm. a course, Podcast Rocket, which now we're going to get into, and you're also doing production for people. So let's dive right in there. So how can people use their podcast to support their launch? So this is a really fun question. I feel like you also kind of covered it. Remember when you did that episode on Amy Porterfield's The Debrief? Right, right. Did? From the DCA Academy launch. Yeah. yeah. So, and that was really interesting because when I was doing the second launch of Podcast Rocket, I was really listening intently to what she was doing with her podcast. And you could tell, and, and you said this in your, your episode too, like the podcast shifted, I think even two months before her DCA launch was happening. So she had previous students coming in to do case studies, testimonials effectively on the show. And then it was every, every single topic was centered around what someone who's never created a course or someone who needs her course to create courses would be focused on. That really started sparking some ideas for me as well. Like, how do I tailor everything to the specific needs of the people that I really want to have in my course, in my particular launch? And I found that that works super duper well. The other thing that is really neat about this too is that you can create audiograms that are effectively testimonials for your course or for your offer, whatever they are. So you can use those to repurpose for social media. You can put them like as testimonials on your sales page. I did that on my sales page for Podcast Rocket. So people can listen through and they can read the the text and the audiogram as well to see like or hear firsthand experience of and in their own words of what they experienced with the course, which I thought was really neat too. But I think like 
really when we're looking at it, it's just about, I don't know, I feel like I'm about to regurgitate a lot of things that you have taught me with your podcast and with all of your amazing resources. But I think it's just about like finding other ways to make a connection with the people that you really want to bring into your course into your launch, whether that's through the topics that you're discussing or whether that's through the guests that you have on in a way that supports like or gets rid of the the reservations, the hesitations, the objections. Yeah, I got the word eventually. I, I think that can be a really great way to support your launch. I love that. Yeah, with I remember with the DCA Academy, DCA Academy, DCA launch for um, in Porterfield, I was an affiliate. And so definitely we were getting stuff in July and it wasn't launching until September. So like there was mm-hmm. a huge launch runway. It was pretty cool to see that in effect and all the planning that would go into that. So something we just did for, because like, I'm in the midst right now of launching uh, the Launch Playbook Club. Mm-hmm. And something that we did was I wanted to bring in some testimonials from people into my launch. It was like the last episode, people were yeah. sharing their experiences. Yeah, we did a clip show of that. I'm thinking, as you mentioned earlier, I listened to a heck of a lot of podcasts. So I'm like, mm, going through the files in my brain. Which one? <laughs> Which production week? Oh my goodness. It was only like a week ago that I listened to that too. Yeah. So like a clip show of putting together a whole bunch of different experiences. And and that was just such a smart idea because you had a, like a varying range of people who've been in it for a while, people who were a little new to it and the different types of things that everyone had to work through. And because you have such a such a great community and the resources that go along with it, like all of the learning materials and the templates, you had people speaking to all of the different elements, which I really loved as well. So you get a very clear picture of what it is that you'll be walking yourself into. And I mean, you could even put that on your sales page as well, like listen to this episode to help you figure out if this is right for you. It could possibly be in place of a discovery call. If like me, you don't want to do discovery calls sometimes. <laughs> it was it was very natural how it worked out what they were talking about in those clips. But I loved because when I reached out to you with the idea of doing it, I was like, do I have to like get people on interviews? It felt very complicated that, but you helped my brain feel better because you said, no, you can just get them to record it. It's super easy. Just get them to like record their voice and send you a note or even DM you a recording on Instagram. You can just record it. So that was so easy to do. And so it was just, I could just reach out and ask. And I think you had a couple of podcasters in there. So maybe they used their microphones. Maybe they did. I hope they did, podcaster friends. I hope you did. But yeah, definitely now that I have those, I've been thinking how else can I extend the use of them? Like like you said, on the sales page or like, put, you know, put it over their picture and make an Instagram post or something. I think there's lots of ways once you have that audio to uh, make it keep working for you. Exactly. Now, there's something else we did for my launch, dynamic content, and it's kind of newish, right? Yeah. I don't know know if it's newish or just new for me. So do you (laughs) want to tell us about that? It is new-ish. So we use Buzzsprout for all of our podcast hosting, which is what you're using as well. And Buzzsprout has this option to do dynamic content, which means that you can put five minutes of content at the beginning or the end of all of the episodes in your podcast catalog. You can actually pick and choose which ones you want it to go in front of as well, I believe. I don't know if they figured out all of the little pieces because it's still kind of new. Let's say you're launching between April 1st and April 15th, and you want to have a specific promo directing people to a place for that duration of time. 
You no longer have to worry about whether people are going back in time in your episodes and listening to old promos and like, do they even apply anymore? Everybody's getting the same promo. They're getting the same information for every episode that they're listening to, which is awesome because as we all know, as marketers, like repetition is key in order to get people to make purchases. Like how I heard the mid-roll promos in your podcast over and over. And finally, I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. I got, I'm all right. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's a really effective way to do it too. I often get the question, like, should I put it at the end or should I put it at the beginning? And I always recommend if this is like a big thing that you want everybody to know about, always put it at the beginning. Don't be shy about it. It's okay to sell stuff. That's what your podcast is there for in most cases. It is a revenue generator, even if you are a content creator and you're like, I'm not sure if this is what I want. Like, it's okay to make money. I just wanted to throw that out there. I love that you said that because <laughs> something we yeah. talk about um, in the club sometimes or with my clients, like it's okay to sell. <laughs> yes. That's what, that's what yeah. we're doing. We have a business. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't mean that we don't have friendships and relationships out of it, but we can we can absolutely make money at the same time. Yeah. Like the cool thing is that there's, there's so many people in this, Sheila Cummins calls it a microcosm of women entrepreneurs. We just kind of infuse money back into each other over and over again, which I love. I love that so much. It's really cool. Yeah, same. I love that too. That's one of the things that is, feels really amazing. And I yeah. feel like, I know you're saying you listen to people's podcasts and you end up like, I know you end up joining the club because of it. And I think yeah. you probably work with some other people too. I think I've been the same thing. There are people who have been like, I've been my clients or I work with them like, oh yeah, I want to buy that. Or, and even with us, right? I think I joined your podcast rocket and then hired you for production. And then you ended up joining my club and it all just yep. keeps on working. Comes full circle. So you talk, you mentioned with dynamic content that we can put that at the beginning or the end of our podcast using it for our promo. Does that mean, like, do you think we should do that instead of having those static, like mid-roll ones? Or you think it's okay to mm. also have those? What do you think? So, okay. So let's say you have like an evergreen something that you're promoting, or maybe it's a freebie and you have a podcast that is really nicely tied into that particular freebie. So I have an episode that I did with my copywriter Valeska on show notes, writing show notes, like why they're important, how you should write them. And then we have a freebie that leads into that. And it's just a template and a guide how to use that. So that would be a really good place to put something more static as a mid role. Like if you want to take this one step further, go download this freebie and then listen to the rest of the episode as we walk you through how to write your actual show notes, something like that. So you could have a couple of different ones for the different freebies that you have, the different lead magnets that you have and assign them to particular episodes as they are related to the content. But I think if you are doing a specific time frame thing, that's where dynamic content really fits in well, you know, with our with our shorter cart opens. But if it's if it's more of an evergreen thing and if it's related to the content, give the static stuff a try. Right. And so like if you know you know you know you're in launch mode, let's say, do you think during that time when you know you'll be using the dynamic content that you should not have something in the middle of those episodes as well, just so it stays focused on, let's say, the the big promo you're doing? I'm thinking it's kind mm -hmm. of like where you have a CTA and an email or something where we only try to yeah. have like one ask. Do you think it's similar to a podcast? And that's kind of tricky too, right? Because like when you're in a launch, if dynamic content is applying to all of the episodes, then like it's applying to all of them and it's not as easy to go back and take out that static promo, that mid-roll thing. So I would say 
maybe the episodes that you have scheduled to come out during your launch period, maybe you don't put anything in there. Maybe it's only focused on the launch itself, sort of like how we talked about with how Amy Porterfield had her case studies in and the specific topics related to that. Or maybe the lead magnet gets people on the wait list if there's something in there. But otherwise, I think it's probably okay. Because again, like we're going for the repetition thing. And if people are going back into the back catalog of your episodes, they may be skipping through it a little bit as well. If it's there, if they're listening to it over and over and they're like, okay, I've heard this, I know what this is. So then hearing another thing might be okay. Yeah. And actually, as you brought up the, I know we're, we're going back to DCA a lot because there's lots of lessons <laughs> to learn, of course. From yeah. Amy, who is like really great at launching, obviously, has a obviously. big team behind her there. But I'm actually thinking, I feel like during some of those episodes, she might say something in the middle of them that's like, this episode is brought to you by, you know, Digital mm-hmm. Course Academy, my something something course so that that Mm -hmm. can kind of stay in there all the time i mean it's still but it doesn't maybe it wouldn't it wouldn't probably like affect the dynamic content which might be i'm gonna guess like going to her webinar yeah yeah i mean there's so many different Mm -hmm. ways to do it and like with anything marketing digital marketing related like it all has to be an experiment every single time absolutely you know yeah like what's gonna hit what's not is the way that i'm phrasing this particular offer going to be good or bad or whatever you know what i mean? Should I put music under my promo or not? What's going to be most effective? I think most of the time with that, we can just use the information we have at hand, right? And make a good guess and go for it. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And what sounds like okay, and maybe kind of fun to us if possible. Yes. And and try it out and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like the promo that we did for your your slumber party, which I guess if you're listening to this episode, possibly is still running. No, it's not. I don't know. No, it won't be. But there'll be another one, hopefully. If it, if, if it goes well, it's an experiment. So yes. we'll see. Yeah, the sales yeah. slumber party. So how long in advance, like ahead of a launch, do you think you should plan out this content? And I guess that can apply mm-hmm. to anything really in your podcast. But specifically, let's talk about launches. Like how far out do you think? So I feel like I feel like people are going to make fun of me for this, but I I have my podcast planned out for the, like till the end of the year right now. I mean, I would say like the earlier the better, like as early as possible so that you are aligning the rest of your content with what it is you're offering. I'm very much of the mind that like you shouldn't have five bajillion CTAs happening all the time. So if I'm in a launch, I don't necessarily want to be actively promoting my production services or my freebies or whatever. So a really important element of this, and you know this as well, I I do this with all my clients, is like we batch our episodes so that there's plenty of time to have a proactive approach, like a strategic approach to the content you're putting out. Everything in my episodes, like everything in my podcast relates to the content that I'm putting out on social media, the emails, any other any other piece to that. So like I'll do a carousel post that's related to the podcast episode of the week. And if my podcast topic is around like proper mic technique for new podcasters, then my carousel post is also demonstrating that. So everything is really neatly strategically put together in a way that leads my audience if they're following along along or if they're jumping in at any point 
to where I'd love them to end up, which is in my course podcast rocket or whatever other offer I'm looking at. My main thing that I do is I just have a production calendar. It is like a list of all of the months of the year and then all the big major activities that are happening. I like to plan launches super far in advance. I know that's not for everybody, but I'm like, I like having that long runway because then I know I'm not going to miss anything. And I've been doing, I've been launching Podcast Rocket in various ways over the last month or two, just because I'm trying to figure out what things people are going to resonate with. And the more I do them like last minute, flying off the seat of my pants or whatever, by the seat of my pants or off the seat of my pants. I don't know. I think we'd go either way. So when my (laughs) pants are off and I'm flying, I guess... (laughs) wearing a skirt now. I find they they really don't work well because I'm not strategically planning things. I'm not giving myself enough time to have conversations with people. I'm just like content, 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 and I don't know what I'm doing. So having that super long runway, I would say at least two months out of understanding what it is that you want to be putting into the world with your show is essential. But again, I'm not everybody. I just really need to have a clear picture in order to feel like safe and secure about it, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know this, but like, (laughs) when I started this, I did a little bit of diving into doing the podcast, like I just had wanted to do one for a long time and saw your course, Podcast Rocket, and I was like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) let's do it. But definitely, it's been a learning curve for me with that, where I like hadn't really fully thought out the planning of it. So it was Mm -hmm. a bit more stressful in the beginning. And especially like, you know, this has been a year where like the kids have been home and trying to find a quiet space in the house during the day, especially in the winter when I was like, I can't really kick them out all the time <laughs> like to go play yeah. outside or something on super cool days. I don't know. They don't like it for some reason. <laughs> What's up with that? Why are their fingers all red? Why are they I don't looking know. at me through the door? <laughs> but anyways, like I think that has been something that I have learned going through that to treat it like I treat like the newsletter or my social content mm-hmm. or the other planning. And so now I was finding with this lunch and even just like planning out the rest of the year, actually like including the podcast in there. And mm-hmm. the truth is once I have my podcast, I usually have my newsletter and I have my social posts. Now, of course, like I'm a writer, so I usually write out a lot of the episode because it just is the way my brain works. I like to do that. And then I can almost use that for my newsletter. I can grab bits of that for almost every post during the week. Yeah. So I think having this plan in place lets me mm-hmm. figure out who I actually want to invite on because I want to invite so many people. But if I'm more purposeful with it, then I'll have them come on at a time that aligns with whatever maybe I'm promoting. So mm-hmm. we're having some really cool guest experts who have joined as bonuses for the Launch Paper Club. And I know for the next iteration of the launch, which will be in the fall, I'm going to have them on ahead of the launch time as well. So we can talk about what they do and like get really excited. Mm-hmm. One is about legal. And then cause there's a lot of legal stuff for your course that a lot of us probably don't know or avoid. <laughs> and then there's also someone to talk about how to be uh, visible in a sustainable way so that it doesn't like burn you out. Maybe if you would prefer to hide sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> so that sounds like something cool. I need. <laughs> <laughs> I need that too as an introvert. <laughs> batching, batching makes everything easier. Do your stuff once a month and then just schedule it. The end. And then take a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So now thinking about this, our launching, how can we use our podcast to drive traffic? So I know obviously it's like 
the content and we talked about dynamic content and having promotions in there, but like how else can we get our podcast to do some of that heavy lifting of bringing people to? Yeah. So I think we talked a little bit about the objections earlier when I scrambled trying to figure out what the word was I was looking for. So we were talking about the objections. So I think using the actual content within the episode to bridge that gap for people. If I want to get people signing up for Podcast Rocket, maybe the the batching and the the scheduling is something that I want to cover because that is an objection for people. They're like, how much time is this actually going to take? How do I know if I'm going to be like spending hours and hours on this? So I can put together an episode that talks about like, this is how I do it. This is how my clients have been successful and my students have been successful. So these are some of the ways that you can implement. If you're interested in seeing how this works, you should come to the webinar, the sales webinar. If you're interested, you should just sign up for the wait list or just go get pay for it now. Go get pay for it now. <laughs> Friday morning words. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I think it like if you're using your content to get people to the next step, like I love thinking about things in a story. Where are people in the story of their lives? And what are the things that I can do to help them get to the next level of the story of their lives? We In sketch comedy, we use what what's called heightening. I mean, like this is normal in all storytelling, but we start with like a platform and a premise and we're like the who, what, where. So my listener is this person who is an entrepreneur and they're creative and they would like to start a podcast, but they aren't really sure. And then there's a tilt. There's a weird thing that happens that day. Okay, so they listen to my podcast episode about the five things you should know before you start a podcast. And then the heightening is number three and four make them feel like, oh, these are the things that I I feel like I really want to do. Or now I understand that that has changed my whole perspective of what this possibly could be. I can see what's possible. And I know that's something that you talk about a lot. Show people what's possible with the content. And then the next part of the the heightening of the story is they go to my sales page. And the next part is that they go to my web, you know, and so on and so forth. So I think it is a part of the entire process of sending people through to actually acquiring your products and services. And it's also a really good way to build the no trust like factor so that by the time they get to the point where they're hitting checkout and they're ready to pay, they're totally confident in it because they've had the time to build the relationship with you by listening to your podcast and listening to your expertise. They're like, I'm a billion percent in. No questions asked. I love that. That's how we want people to feel when they come in, right? We want them to feel like, yes, this is a great decision. I feel like we could have a whole conversation. So maybe we'll have to have another episode (laughs) down the road around how comedy can help us with launching and telling our stories. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I really like that about that you talked about, like that heightened piece. I know like when I think about the way I've been approaching some of the content on the podcast is like, I'll look at my sales page. And I talk, I think I talk a lot in the club too. Like I usually say like, create your sales page first, because in each of those sections on your sales page, like you have the top part where, where it's like, what's going on with you right now? Like the mm-hmm. current state of things. And then that can be a whole episode around like, things that people are happening and right. then the next and then we have like you know again that shifting belief or like showing what's possible like maybe like why this is happening what you need to know about it and then like what's mm-hmm. possible for you down the road 
So you bring in like that social proof or you tell about like you show examples and case studies. And I always, I approach any of the launch, like any of my launch content, just going through each section of a sales page and thinking about that, which is why I like to start with that. So smart. That's (laughs) why I give you all my money because you're just so smart. (laughs) Everyone should give you all their money. I won't protest. (laughs) I think they should give you all their money for podcasting. (laughs) Great. We'll just take all your money, everyone. Thanks. thanks. (laughs) But we really want to help you. So Yeah. (laughs) So. <laughs> actually only be here if you know like and trust us and you yes. want to learn podcasting or launching from either one of us yeah <laughs> i like this it's gone a little bit off the rails and i think it's fun right <laughs> um okay so you know we you said about covering objections and things like that what are some of the great ways to promote our podcast so you talked a little bit about audiograms and carousels is there any other you know ways that you see really work well yeah so the first like the primary thing i recommend to promote your podcast is to make sure that when you have a guest on they are armed to the teeth with all of the marketing collateral they could possibly ever want so it's like dead simple for them to share because a lot of guests will come on podcasts and then just be like, okay, thanks, bye. And they're just kind of expecting you to promote them. They're not really willing to do the same. So what I like to do in a very like kind way, because I, I like to consider myself not a jerk face, but in a kind way, in a not jerky way, I, I like to just give everyone like, here are all of the things you can use this for your social posts. You can use this for your email. And so it's not necessarily like asking, because I know sometimes this is something that a lot of my clients have kind of come up against. They're like, well, should I ask them to promote it? And I'm like, well, you can give them the stuff and say, this is for you to share. The other thing that you can do with guests too is kind of in your onboarding form. I know a lot of clients that I I work with have an onboarding form. You do too. I filled it out. It was great. You can let people know, I am going to be sharing some assets with you to share out to your channels. And you can, you can put a little caveat, like a little checkbox, like, yes, I will, I will happily share, or I need to see it first for approval or something like that. If, if it's a bigger brand or anything, but I think that goes a really, really long way in the actual sharing out of the podcast itself, because otherwise with all of these different algorithms and all of the things like social media can only do so much. And you, you have a certain number of people on your email list but your guests will obviously have more. Now, if you're doing like a solo show and it's just you, the top things I would recommend would be for sure have an audiogram. I love doing carousel posts that like cover the top three highlights of what you learned in an episode. I think you do stuff like that too. I also would do like a quote graphic, maybe if that's something that you like having on your your Instagram feed, you can do that. But those, yeah, those are a couple of different things. Obviously send an email to everybody. If you have segmented your email list, this is something that works really well for me. If I have episodes that are targeted to new podcasters, I only send new episodes that are about that to the new podcasters. If it's for everybody, I send it to everyone. If it's for people who have a podcast and don't need that beginner stuff anymore, then people who have a podcast get those emails and the new ones don't. So they're not like super overwhelmed. And that's a really nice way to kind of tailor it too and give everybody in your audience personalized, customized, unique experience with what you're sharing. So those are all the things. 
other options, run out on your balcony and tell everyone a new episode is out. That could be a thing. <laughs> that could be, especially, you know, during lockdown. We're still in lockdown in Toronto, right? So people <laughs> people are looking for something to do. Hey, listen to this. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> How do reviews work to get our podcast noticed? This is a bit of a contentious piece right now. I got to tell you, because Apple Podcasts is changing a lot. I don't know why. They're not really telling anyone necessarily what's happening. It used to be that to get into new and noteworthy if you had more reviews and more, like the, the written reviews and star ratings, it would boost you up the rankings of new and noteworthy. But what we're seeing now, and especially because of the lovely pando life we're living in, everybody and their mother started a podcast. So I think what Apple started doing was just curating that entire feed. So you'll see a lot of celebrities, a lot of big like production companies or like the CBC or NPR, those bigger shows. They're the ones that are getting top billed in New and Noteworthy or other podcast networks. They're getting top billed. Now, I would recommend using them because it's great for user-generated content. So you can you can share a screenshot of that in your social media, in your emails. You can also read shout-outs on the episode itself. People love hearing their own words read back to them. You can also get people... This is something that not every podcaster does, and it's kind of tricky to do at first because not everyone is like brave enough to, but get people to send you a voice note so that you can actually add their voice into your episodes. So it's like you have actual other people as part of the content, and then you can kind of respond to that. So actually a really great way to incorporate that into, and I know this is like away from the reviews, but a really great way to incorporate that for a launch would be like if you have an FAQ and you're putting that out on your Instagram stories, for example, have people send you a voice note with their main questions or their main objections so that you can answer it in an episode. And maybe you do like a, a bunch of little mini episodes the week that you're launching and, and you answer all of those questions. That's cool. I love that. Oh, maybe you should do that. Ooh. I'm thinking about that now. I'm going to yeah. tuck that away for September like well yeah to plan for the fall that's cool I think yeah I think as you're saying this my mind's going so fast because I'm thinking of course like it's social proof it's like showing people that other people like this of course we should like share and talk about this and just Mm -hmm. but like things are coming up for me as we're as we're talking is like realizing like more and more that like just treating podcasting like you would anything else that you do like with the launch like the same things apply in the marketing just doing it here it's just a different way through audio Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's neat. Okay, so let's flip this just for a minute and talk about launching your podcast. If you're starting a new one, what are a couple of cool ways to launch it? So I love planning a big old campaign. Usually what I do is like I'll write out at least a week or two weeks in advance posts that are getting people interested. So behind the scenes are always really, really great. I've had a lot of people ask me, like, should I start promoting it before it's out? Absolutely. Yes. A hundred billion percent. If you don't have uh, an RSS feed or your podcast feed to get people listening right away, send them to an email list. If you don't have an email list, go talk to Sarah so that you know how to build an email list because that is really helpful. And it has changed my entire email list. Shameless plug for Sarah. Anyway, so <laughs> can we just talk about having you like, I, I think with your beautiful, like, little sing songy things you break out too, I feel like you'd make some really great podcast commercials. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> for yes. all your clients. <laughs> oh, 
That is like one of my favorite things to do. I was doing a lot of fake ads for another improv podcast we were doing, but I would love to do that. Actually, I'm starting to get into writing music again for podcasts. Yeah. I should do that too. That's so cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll offer that as a service. But anyway, okay. So launching your podcast. So you have a couple of weeks out because what you need to do in advance of episode one launching. And because Apple Podcasts is a bit of a nightmare right now and nobody knows if their shows are actually going to get in or not because they messed up all of their technology. It'll get, it'll be approved eventually. It's just their technology is messed up right now. You should definitely have a trailer. So I like to do just like a quick short blurb and then like three clips from the first episodes giving people an idea of what it's going to be like, what it's going to sound like. And you use that in order to get approval in all of the different platforms so that by the time you release episode one, you already know that your show has been approved and you can send people to those platforms. Otherwise, they're going to be like, well, where do I listen? I don't have anywhere to go. And that's the worst thing. It's like it's like setting up a course to sell and you're selling it and you don't have a checkout page. That's basically what's happening. So making sure that that is all set up. The other thing that you can do is Christy Sigelski, who I know you know, you sent her to me, right? Yeah. So she's super cool. So what she did was create a launch club, a podcast launch club. And she gave everybody sneak peek access to the first couple of episodes so that they would go in and write some reviews and just generate a lot more interest for that. That's another thing, just always leaning on your community to help support whatever launches you may have and sending people DMs and say like, hey, I know this episode would be great for you. Comes out on this date. Would you give it a listen? And then follow up with them. Did you listen? Did you like it? Great. If they didn't like it, blocked for life. <laughs> Maybe not that harsh, but you know. <laughs> I like that you mentioned the DMs because I've sometimes I've, I've gotten DMs about my episodes. And at first I was just like, oh, thank you so much. But now I've been learning to say like, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And if you don't mind, would you like share the episode or yeah. leave a comment? Yeah, um, exactly. Just going like one step further because they reached out and and ask, you know, you know, appreciating it totally, but also asking back. Yes. Because we're allowed to ask those things and people we should know. Are. It's cool. Yeah. Or that's can, up to them. Or they might do it. And they, they should because you have a great podcast. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Listen to every episode. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. So you have a program, Podcast Rocket, that you've mm-hmm. launched a few times. Will you just tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, for sure. So it is a complete podcast launch roadmap. And it's going to get you from concept or even just like the inkling of a concept to launched. And you can do this in as little as five weeks. It's going to take you through understanding what the purpose of the podcast is, the mission and the vision, who the audience is, who you're talking to, how to tailor it specifically for them, how to choose your gear setup, how to record and edit your episodes, and then finally the launch process that we talked about in way more detail. It gives you absolutely everything you need. And then, of course, like following on that, there's lots of different things you can do for marketing and promotions afterwards. The course is really built around the idea that like the goal is to launch the podcast. A lot of the things we talked about today, just in a lot more detail with tons of templates because we love templates, man. Let's yeah, make our do. lives easier. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. That was a suggestion you made, I think, actually. 
actually, because you were you were the one of the first people through it, and you were like, "I want more templates," and I'm like, "Okay, I'll make them all, all for you, Sarah." Just <laughs> you know what? You. Even last night, I downloaded your show notes templates because oh. I was curious. I was like, "How? I want to know how I'm doing." <laughs> There's so lots I went in there things, and check yeah. those out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that template. It's so good. I got to use it more too. Oh, <laughs> Note to self. <laughs> Note to self. Well, but yeah, and that's what we were talking about too. Like, I still do all of my own podcast stuff because I'm like, I got to understand what the objections are and the hesitations and the pain points so that I can better serve my clients. And frankly, I just want to hire my team to do my show now. Fair. That's just where I'm at. But yeah, so that's Podcast Rocket. It's available on demand right now, which is really awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. I loved Podcast Rocket. I mean, so many things like definitely just like choosing a mic felt very overwhelming. Of course, Mm -hmm. when I joined Podcast Rocket, I think I was in the first one, right? You know, when the pandemic had first hit. So getting a mic was like, that was the thing that actually slowed me down because I really could not find a mic anywhere. I wonder how many of those mics that people bought are actually being used or how many are just stuffed into drawers right now. Really? (laughs) I really had wanted like, because I have a pleaty, I really wanted like a white one. I just, you know, I wanted a certain aesthetic, but I have a silver one. I gave up. I wasn't going to put my podcast off over any more time over that. (laughs) Although it was a little hard for me, (laughs) but it's okay. We're we're good. But yeah, I really loved how you went through like the different gear and made it easy to choose because it felt so overwhelming. And then also you had something in there around like generating was like 52 content ideas. And because that was like, what am I going to talk about? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I know. And that's like, that's such a big thing. It, like, like a lot of the, the objections I hear are like, do people really want to hear from me? Do Are they going to want to know what I have to say? But really, I think part of that comes down to like, what am I going to talk about? And how am I going to sound like an expert at it? And so an exercise that I do, and we do this in comedy, this is really where this came from. A lot of this stuff comes from comedy. When you have no idea what kind of sketch you're going to write, you start by writing a bunch of lists of things using prompts. So like a list of careers, a list of relationships, a list of just random problems you might have, like my toilet's plugged or something silly like that. How do you combine all of these things to make a funny sketch? So it's the same idea. It's just setting yourself a timer for 15 minutes. I give you a whole bunch of prompts. You write as much as you can, as fast as you can. There's no self-editing. And out of that, you may not use every single idea, but you will definitely come out of it with at least 10 different things, right? So whatever that percentage is, 20%, I think. I think I just mathed in my head. (laughs) That was pretty great. All right. I I, I have achieved this Friday. (laughs) (laughs) It was really helpful. And I also really appreciate it as part of that. I remember you mentioned like looking back at what you also already have created, like what Mm -hmm. already exists, like in terms of presentations you've done or things that you have. And that has saved me quite a few times during this pandemic time where I felt like, okay, I could squeeze in two or three episodes, like in quiet, but I needed like one more so I could go back to something I already that already existed. And I have that whole list I created originally. I keep it in a Trello board, which is where I map out the whole podcast, my podcast in there. And all the notes from that are in there from our, you know, from Podcast Rocket work and also like linking to Podcast Rocket, of course. Do you think that people should, could still take the course Podcast Rocket, even if they don't want to do their own production at the end? Is it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I even included a section on how to hire either like a podcast editor or a producer 
what the different things entail? What are some different pieces that you might want other people to manage for you? Like, for example, my team doesn't handle the pitching and the guest management, but there are other podcast managers who do that. However, podcast managers may not do the editing. So there are editors that can do that. So there's lots of different ways to work with an agency or an editor or manager to achieve the type of podcast workflow that you want to have. For our agency at The Ultimate Creative, we work, like I said, on on batches. Like every month we do four episodes at a time and, and we produce them all in one go. We set it and forget it. But some people don't love that workflow and that's totally cool. I just like I built it, to be honest, around my ADHD brain where I'm like, must be prepared at all times for all the things because otherwise it all goes into chaos land. So I know a lot of my clients really appreciate that super prepared level of production. And then I know there are lots of other people who would much prefer to do it like as a weekly one off, like just as the inspiration comes, that's how their creativity flows. So there's tons of different ways to work with people like that. And then so if we cover this in Podcast Rocket too, but like, it's still good to understand what the different pieces are that an editor or production team might need so that you can create really amazing sounding audio files. Like there are a lot of pieces when it comes to setting up your space, understanding where like your mic placement, all of that sort of stuff that are super duper important for any podcaster, anyone who has a microphone who is recording should know. And then how is it brought into an app to be processed and edited. So understanding what that is, is really, really key as well. But hey, you know what? If you want to hire somebody, I say, go for it. I so, want to do that too. So let's <laughs> let's talk about hiring the Ultimate Creative. How can we work with you on podcast production? Tell us a little bit about that. For sure. Thank you for asking. Yeah, so we can work with you. It's We're looking at more of like a holistic content plan right now. So sort of what I described earlier with whole bunch of social media posts, you get four posts and you get an email and you get your show notes and a blog post and of course the edited episode. And we do four at a time and we work with, we're onboarding lots of clients right now. We just opened up a whole bunch of new spots. And so every month you also have the opportunity to chat with me 30 minutes at a time. And we do a strategy call to make sure that we're working towards actually hitting the goals you want your podcast to achieve for you and on all of your content. And then once all of that's done, you, you've sent us your recordings, we produce all of it for you, we schedule it for you, so you don't have to think about anything else. It's just kind of done, and you get to just reap the amazing rewards and benefits of having your voice out there. And so you can check all of that out. The packages are all listed at theultimatecreative.com slash podcasting. Amazing. All those links, of course, will be in the show notes. And, you know, we talked about it a few times, but Emily and her team produce this podcast and it's been, oh my gosh, I think it's like our year, um, our year anniversary, at least when I took yeah. Podcast Rocket, it was last June. That's when yeah. we're recording this now. And I have, I have loved the experience. I really like the batching actually. And although sometimes I do record like sometimes once a week, sometimes I do it all in a couple of days, mm-hmm. depending on what's going on. I love that because then when you send it back to me, I can like work on getting those pieces out on my end just but and I actually have like a batch week to work on it. Yeah. So whenever I get it from you back, that's the week that we do like all the show notes, the graphics and all the things that that we're doing on our end here. And it's just nice to know like that's just part of the month now. Yeah. And I really it's, appreciate it's, that. Yeah, you know, it's autopilot, but it's all it's autopilot that lets you be creative. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Plus I also really appreciate about you is that 
again, like if I have an idea, like I wanted to have people, you know, the, we talked about having the clips from mm. people from the club. Like I just reach out and I ask you and you're like, yeah, this is how we can make it work. And I feel like you always have a really simple solution to like what feels really big and exploding in my head. And I'm like, is this too much? <laughs> like, and you're like, no, we can do this like this. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Or like, or like even just coming back to me with the dynamic content and like talking to mm-hmm. me about how we could use that. It's so neat. Well, so and I it's so really fun. That. Thank you. It's so fun to work with you on this stuff because you, you are really creative with your podcast and you're coming up with lots of different ideas and it's fun. Like I just love sharing different ideas too. So it's always nice when you're like, yeah, we should try that. I'm like, sweet. Another creativity <laughs> win. This is great. Perfect. It's super fun to work with you on that. Amazing. So definitely go check out Emily and the ultimate creative. Again, all the links for Pockets Rocket, her production. And all the other things will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Emily, for joining me today. And thanks for tuning in to the Launch Playbook podcast. Until next week, I'm Sarah, and I will see you then. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for tuning into the Launch Playbook podcast. If you want to get weekly launch secrets in your ears, I hope you'll hit subscribe on iTunes. You'll never miss an episode because who knows? It could reveal just a thing you've been looking for to make your next launch a success. And be sure to leave a five-star review in iTunes telling me how this episode inspired your launch plans. Until next time, keep putting your big ideas out into the world. I'm rooting for you.